a few years ago, I turned around and said, wait a second, I've created a whole new technique here that is unique to anything that I've seen out there before. And that is what conscious meditation, how it, how it began. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. Last week, we spoke with Marianne Shuko, who's the author of several books in contemporary women's and young adult fiction. And she's also a registered nurse who combines her love of words with insight gained from her nursing career. And next week, we're going to hear from Pearly Ann Friedman. She calls herself the happy cat. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today we're speaking to Sheila Applegate, whose guided meditation CD, Enchanted One, was awarded the NAMI, which is the Native American equivalent to a Grammy. She's developed her very own meditation technique known as conscious meditation, which is designed to bring more joy into our lives. And we're going to talk to her about that this morning. Welcome to the show, Sheila. Thank you. It's so wonderful to be here. Oh, good. Thanks. Let's start off with meditation. I know a lot of our audience is familiar with it. Uh, They may do it. They certainly have heard about it. But you have your very own kind of meditation. Could you explain to us what that's all about? Yes. Let's start with just meditation in general, as you said. Um, I think it's a very common term these days, and most of us think of it in various ways, but there are so many different ways that we can meditate. Some of us, it might be just prayer, others, it might be exercise, going for a walk in the woods, and then there's the whole spectrum of meditation where we really sit quietly and turn inward, and there's many different techniques from that within that and those include transcendental meditation which is a very deep silent meditation all the way to guided meditations in which a facilitator is leading you along a journey in your imagination so for me meditation was actually very difficult when i was in college i was working really hard to meditate i was determined to meditate (laughs) (laughs) but i couldn't get my mind to be quiet at all and so i finally gave up and used it i was back in the cassette days i used a cassette of subliminal messages at night when i went to sleep but i continued that journey and just after getting my master's degree my first supervisor introduced me to these guided meditation classes at a local metaphysical church. And that opened up a huge 
gateway for me to give my mind something to do. I have a mind that likes to race all the time. Mm -hmm. So instead of fighting against the mind, I needed to bring it along on the journey. And that's Give it what, something to chew on, right? Exactly. <laughs> we make it a partner. You know? ah. And so from that, I, I went on to teach guided meditation for many years. And it developed my connection with the divine, whatever word you use to describe it, you know, the, the beyond the physical. So when I lead guided meditations, it's, I see it just before I describe it. And so the meditations themselves continued to evolve over the 20 years that I was teaching meditation. And eventually I was integrating some different aspects into the technique. And then a few years ago, I turned around and said, wait a second, I've created a whole new technique here that is unique to anything that I've seen out there before. And that is what conscious meditation, how it, how it began. So let me see if I understand when you're leading a guided um, meditation, you're, what you do is kind of follow your own, we'll say, divine connection to know what is the next direction for your class? Absolutely. I see the vision and then I describe it. So it's different depending on every group of people I'm with and it's different with individuals because it's because I open up to the divine flow and then it's a visual, a knowing, a guidance. Now there are certain points that I've described over the years that I know are important for everyone. And so there are certain things that I I know from my experience that help in general, but the actual path to moving in those directions and how they present themselves will differ when with each one that I do. I never mm -hmm. pre-plan something. I never do a written meditation that I then read because it takes me out of that frequency. So when I'm doing a meditation, I'm actually not just describing it, I'm feeling it and I'm imagining the vibration that I'm feeling expanding outward to the participants as well. So there's a visceral reaction that supports it too. And is that something that people can develop on their own, Sheila? Or do they need someone like you who is really tied in to divine consciousness? <laughs> well, I would say people can develop on their own since I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, however, I do know, and I've come to understand that more as my life continues on, that I don't perceive the world as most of the other people do. So my gifts lie in a certain area that allow me to do some things easily that not everyone does. So I did develop not just the meditation, but it, it goes along with a whole teaching process that allows people to learn this technique in, um, in order to integrate it into their lives. And it, I teach this technique, and we can go into that in a little bit more details of what it is actually about, but I teach it through a curriculum of 12 weeks. And within that, there's audio meditations that give people the structure. Again, that is pre-recorded, so they're more generalized. But then 
each individual also has individual sessions and those are personalized. And the individual sessions, I actually consider to be almost a hybrid between hypnotherapy and guided meditation because not only am I leading it personalized for that person, but I learned to have the participant speak during it, which is very different from any other technique. And the reason that I have them participate by speaking in some of the different frequencies that we move through and describing it is, for one thing, it helps to allow the brain to understand that they can they can actually navigate and be present in these higher frequencies of energy. And um, it allows them to bring it into their daily life more. It integrates it for them because if they have to speak, then now the brain is catching up again <laughs> and participating mm-hmm. in it. And then in addition to that, um, I also teach people to run this program. So I have several facilitators that I taught to actually do the technique itself because when we're doing the one-on-one sessions, it's it's about, again, holding that energy for the person. So if I'm asking them to experience a certain frequency, I actually kind of act as a gateway, as do my facilitators, to hold that space for them until they experience it for the first time. It's kind of like the, you know, training wheels, like or, or, or holding somebody up in the swimming pool until they're ready to float and feel oh. what it's like. And what do you see? What's your experience when your students reach that frequency? What what do you notice? Well, so to be more specific now, let me just kind of step back and say all of what this process is. So because there's multiple frequencies in it. And um, the end result that you would notice is being able to access our higher consciousness, our subconsciousness, our, our, you know, those moments where we're, if you have experienced meditation, where you can see very clearly, you have access to sort of a, a gnosis that's beyond your everyday life. And in the ultimate result of this for clients is that I teach you to access those throughout your daily life. So in an old, even guided meditation technique or transcendental, um, we would maybe have an argument with someone or a difficult situation. And then we would go back, we would meditate, we would experience something, maybe shift our energy, our ideas And then we would have to integrate that, process that, and eventually hope to do better or go back and fix the situation. In this technique, we access it on the spot without without a heartbeat, (laughs) which is which is wonderful. So, (laughs) has it helped you in your life? I mean, or I guess the, the question shouldn't be has it, but how has it helped you in your life to access these levels? Well. Again, for me, it's been a little different because it was natural for me along the way. But what was different for me was bringing it more into the physical. And that's, I think, why I emphasize it for a lot of people also, because I don't want to just teach you to go to these frequencies. I want you to live from them. So for me, it enhances relationships with all of the people, with partners, with ex-partners, with my children. It just allows me to be more present, 
to be less reactive to difficult situations and to look at somebody and see their highest potential and their behavior that may be incongruent and in that moment make choices that are best for me and for then therefore everyone concerned based on both of those without feeling a lack of integration or I may stay calm in a moment of high stress. Sometimes I may have high stress, but I will still remain connected to the divine energy and I don't feel as alone or depleted. I see. So you're not only using your resources as a human being um, in your physical, emotional self. It sounds like you're drawing on this vast, uh, I I don't even know, the vast universe to back you up. Exactly. And I think, you know, scientifically, we've come to understand the concept of oneness in the fact that it has been scientifically proven now that we all consist of the same energy and there is no ending and no beginning. It simply changes form and we're all different forms of a very connected energy. That's pretty much now in the scientific community just a a concept that is accepted. When we move that over to our personal lives or spirituality, we may understand that concept, but it's very different to have a intellectual understanding that we're all connected than it is to actually utilize that connection, access it, and integrate it into our lives in a in a participation, in a feeling, in an uh that's what I call conscious oneness, when we're not just thinking about it, but we're living from that space and we're utilizing it as a resource for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a whole different way of being in the world. It is, and I think it's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I notice with people is just a lot more enthusiasm for the world, you know, for life. It, it puts a wonder back in the mundane and it enhances we attract better relations or more versus maybe relationships that are difficult but we're learning from them we now can move into relationships that we're learning from but we're growing at a whole different level or maybe even moving into creating relationships that are of create creative base where it's not about healing each other it's about what can we create in this world together Mm-hmm. I know one of the the things that brought you and I together is the interest in Sense8. And um, I interviewed Sandra Fish, and you have a whole podcast on Sense8. Is that part of what drew you to this series, this idea that at least a group in the, um, in the Netflix series were one were connected is that something that spoke with you absolutely so Mm -hmm. i did know about the wachowskis obviously prior to sensei and so i had been looking forward to that hoping um that it would be a wonderful series and when i watched it 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 was a perfect mainstream backdrop to everything i had been teaching over the years because my dedication has always been not to, I know I access um, 
energies and concepts that most people would put in a paranormal um, category, but to me, this is normal, and I wanted to normalize everything. So having a fictional storyline that addresses, and the creators of that are extremely conscious and very much in alignment with everything I understand in, in navigating life. So it created this perfect backdrop to explore these concepts in a way that maybe didn't trigger people's religious beliefs or, or limitations because it's just fictional. But at the same time, we can apply that. How do we then apply that to our own lives? Um, because I don't think we have to restrict ourselves in any way, whatever our, our path is, but why not expand ourselves? It must be very gratifying for you to meet people who are on your, who are at your ability to access this, because I suspect that, you know, 99% (laughs) of us are not. And I wonder if there's a, a certain loneliness in that experience. There definitely has been a loneliness in that experience throughout my life. Um, Loneliness in the physical level, because I have a deep connection to, it's not lonely at all in the Mm non-physical. I have access to, you know, I used to say most of my friends are dead (laughs) or (laughs) non-physical. And that is true. I mean, I have had a lot of death in my life. So some of my dearest and closest relationships are on the other side. And I continue with them. But I also was referring to the divine energies that I never met in human form. Um, but so yes, in the physical world, there is a lonely, there has been a loneliness, but, and that's probably, you know, I'm a a psychotherapist too in the past. So I understand how to do that to myself. And that's probably what drove me to want to teach other people, right? It was probably a really selfish, I want more people in the world like me. (laughs) (laughs) To join your tribe. Yes. But over the years, that's happened. And like I said, I have trained people to be facilitators and people have trained with me for many years. And I've connected to more people who live their life in this way too. To me now, it actually is kind of shocking when I go into other circles and I'm like, oh, wait, this is, what are people doing? <laughs> oh, we're, they're just, they're just watching, you know, March Madness and right. having a beer. That's, that's it. Although I I do respect, if you're happy doing that, I say Mm -hmm. stay with it, you know, Mm -hmm. because life is about being happy. When did you first realize you you were different in these in these ways? You know, I get asked that question a lot, and the more I look back, um, the earlier it was. I don't. I think um, I can find different points in my early childhood where I was different. Um, I remember one time my mom was kind of making fun of our neighbor in a, you know, in a kind of gentle way, but she was telling me that she's nice to the mice in her garage because she believes in this thing called reincarnation. And she told me about it. And I remember, I mean, I was just a little girl and I thought to myself, well, I don't know if her uncle, oh, because she was afraid her uncle was a mouse or something is what my mom said. And I said, <laughs> I don't know if her uncle's a mouse, but that makes a lot of sense, you know, in mm-hmm. my head. So, and I used to debate my minister when I was a very little child and everyone, he was kind of, I mean, he was wonderful, but he was kind of intimidating and all the grown-ups were like, what is she doing? 
so, so I would say it's kind of been my way of life. Mm. Were was your family supportive of your difference, or how, how did that go growing up? Um, I yeah, I don't feel like there was any resistance. I do know that when I I'm ordained as a, a minister in the metaphysical Christian church that I started to learn guided meditation in. And so I was probably in my early 20s then, and I was taking classes. And I remember my mom started taking a class with me, and I thought, well, that's so exciting. How cool that she's doing this. And then I discovered she actually was in there to make sure I wasn't being, you know, sold to the devil. <laughs> oh, she was supervising you. <laughs> um, but she did okay with it. And they've been supportive throughout my entire life. I think um, that they, I definitely pushed their comfort zone. And I believe every generation should push the comfort zone of the generation before them. But mm -hmm. they were, they did their work to catch up with me. Let's say mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So you've been talking about being friends with people who've crossed over, and many of the folks listening have had people who have crossed over because we're in that age range, and, you know, people fall ill, and parents, uh, you know, get frail and die. And so I'm wondering how um, being able to communicate with people um who are dying or who have died what what's that like what why is that important what's that experience like well i think that when we realize what, that death isn't an end then we're able to show up in life a lot more so i think that it's important for us to expand our understanding of it and because it's easier to love someone when we're not afraid of losing them, even if it's our parent that we know is going to die, right? Mm. And so when we take that that deadline away and we make it natural in our lives to communicate throughout our lives um, with the living and the non-living, whatever that means. And you know what? It's okay if it feels like your imagination, and I really emphasize imagination. Let your imagination lead you and don't worry about whether it's just your imagination because with time, you'll realize that it's something more than your imagination. I, over the period of my career, did readings for several years and I was accessing information about people and relationships with people who have crossed over that I had no physical way of knowing. So the more you just allow yourself to be in dialogue with your loved ones, just make it natural. Um, even like, you know, obviously the meditation technique and everything I do is designed to help you in that process. But even if you just do it on your own and you just start to have a dialogue and most people have a little bit of natural tendency to continue some form of communication, whether it's in dreams or your imagination or writing letters. I think that it's our fears that interfere with that. And whether that's religious or upbringing or societal, that we're afraid to allow it to be. So and if you we will see that. And you will see people um, in cemeteries talking to their Absolutely. loved ones. Absolutely, we do this exactly. Mm. But maybe not so much at their kitchen table. 
Right. And it's okay if you need to go to a cemetery, but they're not there necessarily, right? We know that. That would be really sad if we had to stick to that one little plot for the rest of eternity, right? Like, um, so what's your understanding of what happens? It sounds, I'm guessing from what you're saying, there's some way the energy is, is the word transmuted or, or, or changed, transformed, yeah. transformed. And so there's a way in which they still exist, but obviously not on the physical plane. Right. And I think if we look at this intellectually, we know that we are more than our physical bodies, right? We know we're more than our mind as much as we can identify the different parts of the brain that stimulate different hormones or different um, reactions, there's an inner knowing that we're more than this. We're navigating in our in our consciousness all the time, whether we're looking back at a memory of a childhood or we're projecting a worry into the future, we're navigating this timeline frequency and we're communicating with by our memories with our past selves, our past friends, all of that. We're doing it in our physical world. If you if you have a friend who you think about and then your phone rings, that you know that that currency is moving back and forth. So really, it's our natural state to do this. And you'll see that with children too. I remember um, when my partner died and my children were young, it wasn't their father, but they were very close to him. And um, everybody was concerned that my daughter wasn't grieving in, in the way that they expected her to. And she looked at me and she said, doesn't anybody understand? He never left me. So she was continuing that communication. And when we allow that to be, yes, we're going to miss them in the physical. You know, mm. there's nothing like a physical hug or a smile and, and, and all of that. But when we drop our, our belief systems that limit us, our natural state is to just continue with that frequency. Now, within that, I know you had the question like what happens after maybe but that's not as important when i was doing all of the readings all of those years um what i would notice for the most part is the way that it was shown to me matched the person's belief so i don't think as humans we have any ability to conceive of the fullness of that energy. We're limited. Mm. So we're going to perceive it in our own way. And that's where conflict comes when we perceive the same thing in different ways and then we fight each other to make our way right. So when we release that and we just let it come in whatever way it works for us, it just allows the relationship instead of the, um, the concepts to take the lead. And is your ability to understand this and this this um, continuation and this divine energy, does that help you to live in our current world, with, which is absolutely fraught with conflict and hate and all of the things that we know are painful and destructive? It absolutely does help. I will say I am still in human form and working to be more human every day. So I have felt a little bit like I'm in the undercurrent with the world over the last couple years at times. I'm not going to say I haven't been um, 
experiencing that feeling because we have a tsunami wave of fear and anger and all of those things going across the world. What helps me is that I see that as only one piece of it. I understand the process of destruction for creation. I understand that even this is a sign of our evolution. I can shift and um, some figures that are up in our in our vision all the time on earth are harder to feel that unconditional love. But I, I even just yesterday, I was thinking about some of the politics in our country and I was like, you know what? I can actually be grateful for some of these players because really we I can feel the transformation is happening. I can feel the empowerment of the people. I can feel the change that is going to be on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Is there any way that you can do a little bit of a sort of a, a sampling for us, how we might start to um, uh, begin a process of sort of dropping down into to this level, or maybe dropping down isn't the right word, it's coming <laughs> up to it. I mean, Well, actually, I'm glad you said that. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but in a lot of the meditation techniques, we are trying to go up. And, um, and that's what I taught for many times. I talk to people like that floaty feeling of leaving their body. My conscious meditation technique is actually about bringing those frequencies down into the body. So you were spot on with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lucky guess. So we might sit together and ha- just take us through the most basic scenario here for our listeners who might want to try this. So... The best way for me to do that is to just lead a few minute meditation. Is that okay with you? That would be more than okay. That would, that's what I was hoping you would say. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, and again, this is just a tiny taste of the whole process. The process is designed to take that concept of oneness, or if you have been doing transcendental meditation, that deep white silence that you get to experience and to bring it into the body while touching a bunch of different focal points that have different um, different tendencies to support us. And so it's this whole spectrum that is much more involved, but we're going to do just a tiny, um, tiny. This is an appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll just everybody, if you can just, um, well, first of all, anyone listening to this while driving, hold off and do this later. <laughs> I was just thinking, a lot of uh, podcast listening happens on commutes. So if you exactly. are driving, so... pause this and wait until you get home. Exactly. And and if you leave it on and you start to feel a little floaty, just turn that volume down until um, <laughs> until you get home. All right. All right. So if you can just find a comfortable place to sit. And begin to take some deep breaths. Take a deep breath in and release. Breathe in love and release joy. Breathe in hope and release passion. Continue to breathe deeply and rhythmically as you feel your mind and body becoming more and more relaxed. All distracting thoughts float away like puffy white clouds in a bright blue sky. They have no power over you. 
And as you sit there very relaxed and comfortable, you begin to see, feel, or sense, or even imagine a beautiful image of a golden rose sun and a silver white moon above your head. The sun and the moon are encircled by a beautiful ring of light. The golden light of the sun and the silver white light of the moon begin to pour downward like liquid color, swirling into each other until every molecule is infused with the golden and the silver energy. And this beautiful golden silver light pour down into the top of your head, opening the crown chakra now that you will receive the divine light in all of its frequencies. And as that light pours in through the top of your head, allow it to be absorbed by the brain, the mind, moving into every crevice. It moves into your ears and your inner ears that you will hear only the truth. And then the beautiful light pours into your eyes and your third eye that you will see only the truth. The gold and silver light now moves into your throat, opening the throat center now that you are free to speak the truth with love, grace, and strength. And then as the light pours over your shoulders, you release now the burdens that you've carried for other people. You thought that you took them in love, but now you remember they are not yours to carry. Release them into the divine love. The light moves down your arms and into your hands that all those you touch will feel the healing vibration of divine love. And then take your hands and place them on your own heart that you are the first to receive this gift. And even as the light pours through your hands and into your heart, so does it pour down from above, pouring into every chamber, every crevice, every shadow of your heart, even those places that you've kept hidden from yourself, those memories that you felt were unworthy of love, are now infused with the most deep, unconditional love that you have ever felt. And as the light pours downward just below your rib cage, your solar plexus is the emotional center of your body. Allow the light to begin to form an infinity sign now across that solar plexus as it brings into harmony now all of your emotions, that you are free to experience even the most extreme emotions with love and grace. And now the light continues downward into your midsection, your first and second chakras, this is your creation center. Whether you are male or female in this lifetime, it is your sacred womb, the core of your being, where all of your dreams are made manifest. Allow the creation center to be ignited and prepared 
as you align yourself once again with the creativity within you. And then that light pours out your tailbone and down into the earth, layer upon layer upon layer through our mother earth into the very fire core of our earth. The flame of God within our mother earth rises up in all of its magnetic energy, dancing with the divine, harmonizing with our mother earth amplifying its vibration as it moves to the space beneath you and then enters back in through your tailbone, igniting your creation center and bringing with its magnetic energy every molecule necessary for you to create the physical expression of your truest dreams and desires on earth. Just allow yourself to imagine yourself receiving. You do not have to know what you are creating, but you can feel the essence of having created it. The peace, the joy, the love, the fulfillment, the abundance. It spreads into every cell of your body You can feel the tingling vibration in the cells of your body as they harmonize with the truth of all that is. And you rest into it. And now you just expand your attention ever so slightly. Imagining a beautiful, vibrant field of flowers all around you. Lush grass under your feet. Springing as if you were on a trampoline. You bounce with joy as you feel free and vibrant in this space. Pristine blue skies and crystal clear waters. Snow-capped mountains deep sunshine that seems to create prisms of rainbows all around you. And in this space, you feel very much like you do on earth in your daily life, but you feel more vibrant and free. You can fly or walk on the ocean floor. Your imagination leads you to the most wonderful adventures. Just take a moment to imagine and to feel this frequency of wonder and vibrancy. To feel yourself healthier, more vibrant and full of life than you have ever felt. And then shift your attention to feel this in the cells of your body as the cells of your body harmonize with all that you are experiencing here. Open your eyes and look around the room around you. Notice the brightness. Notice the light is dancing in the room as it was not before. 
Continue to feel the tingling vibrations in the cells of your body, even with your eyes open. Even with your eyes open, imagine that beautiful, vibrant field of flowers. Your healthy, youthful, vibrant, powered body that's free to bounce and fly and create at a whim. Take a deep breath in and give thanks. Knowing that you can navigate these frequencies in any moment. You bring your attention to this time and place, but you are still aware. You still feel the vibrant energy running through your body and you give thanks. And there we go. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. It was very rushed. I know it might have felt long <laughs> in this setting, but um, just to give you a taste. Mm -hmm. It does have a very different feel than the guided imageries that I've uh, either done or created. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is something different to it in my, <laughs> mm -hmm. in my understanding. Mm -hmm. Do you notice what you felt different? Do you, is there any words for um, that? I guess it felt deeper. Um, mm -hmm. I loved the visuals. It, it just, it, um, let me think what, what words more alive. <laughs> Good. Mm. That's what we're going for. Yay. <laughs> and deeper is a word I hear often uh -huh, as well. Uh -huh. But I love the more alive because mm. that really is what my goal is. It's not just to reach higher consciousness, but then to make life better on Earth, mm. right? Because that's what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody needs that right now. Life better on I Earth. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Where can people find you, Sheila, to learn more about your uh, conscious meditation, trainings, events, all of that? SheilaApplegate.com. Okay. So S-H-E-I-L-A-A-P-P-L-E-G-A-T-E.com. And there are some free meditations over there and some free talks and uh, articles and then just shoot me a note and um, and I can guide you for more. And, and do you do long distance training as well? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Most of my work has always been global. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So I am based in the Syracuse, New York area, but I have clients all over the world. Mm -hmm. So... Um, there is no limitation for that, which is a wonderful thing. Because you can see, we just did it here. That's right. Um, so there isn't a need to be physically present when we're working with all these frequencies. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and and going through that beautiful meditation and, and teaching us about the different possibilities. Well, thank you for having me and allowing me to do that. I don't. You know, it's my favorite thing in the world to share this and to to have people that want to hear about how 
wonder-filled life can be, you know, not just in a simplistic, wonderful life, but in really bringing that wonder back and remembering that this is a magical playground that we have the opportunity to play on and we don't want to waste that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. And next week, we're going to hear from Pearly Ann Friedman. She calls herself the happy cat. And she's originally from Ottawa. But she lives most of the year on Kolanta, which is a small remote island in southern Thailand. And she is the CFO of Kolanta Animal Welfare, which is an animal rescue charity in Thailand. So stay tuned for that great interview. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash Zestful Aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.